What's up everyone, you're listening to episode 7 of the Brick Magnate podcast. I'm your host Mike Morrison, aka The Brick Magnate, and it's been a minute. It's been a little while, there's been a bit of a hiatus since the last episode of the show, so I've got a bit of catching up to do. I'm getting back on the brick building horse, and to be honest, I didn't really get off that horse. I've been still hoovering my way through um, a whole bunch of Lego sets. I just haven't been talking about it, haven't been podcasting, and um, it's it's on me. It's on me to kind of get back to this and... Um, you know, keep the momentum going or regain the momentum for this show. I've had some great, great feedback from those of you who checked out the first uh, five or six episodes. So um, I'm excited to be podcasting again, excited to be talking about uh, some of the sets that I've been working on over the last few weeks. And I'm really excited about some of the upcoming sets that I get the opportunity to talk about uh, with some really good new stuff being released in the coming months. So let's kind of wind it back. I think the last episode was um, end of January, maybe beginning of February of this year. And um, yeah, I think I closed that out by saying that I was on the cusp of going to my very first ever Lego-based event. It's an event called Bricktastic, which took place in Manchester. And um, that was such a, a great event. It was a really, really great event. It was packed. Like, I was expecting a relatively smallish space or maybe a larger space, but, like, with tables very spread out, you know, when people are kind of trying their best to, um, you know, really spread the limited stuff they have. But this place was packed. It was absolutely packed. It was uh, very well attended. I think it ran over two or three days. Uh, just went to the one day because uh, the the sets and the displays and stuff like that they weren't changing on a day to day basis. So you kind of only needed one day to do it. But man, it was it was busy, and there was a good mix of of types of people. It wasn't all kids. It also wasn't all adult uh, fans. And there were a lot of amazing creators on display so many um, varied builds varying as well in terms of um kind of the 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 magnitude and the the skill that was on show you know you had some really cute little custom builds that maybe you know the average lego builder like myself would be able to piece together and then you had those gargantuan builds i think there was um one of the kind of the, the bikes from the Dread, uh, the Judge Dread comics and, and movie, um, like a life-size one of those. Like, yeah, you know the type, the epic, epic builds that you usually only see on TV <clears throat> on kind of Lego Masters and stuff like that. So there was a real good variety, a real good variety of themes as well. Uh, I barely put my, my camera away, um, you know, for friends of mine who were into Pokemon. My little brother into, was into Pokemon growing up. You know, I was taking pictures of the, the life-size... Can you say life-size for fictional characters? Yeah, you can say life-size. The life-size um, Pokemon custom sets and sending them to him and to my Pokemon-loving friends. And then I was taking pictures of the, the Star Wars sets and the uh, really, really cool kind of Star Wars artwork as well. Um, some of my favorite pieces. And sending those to my Star Wars friends. So it was, it was just a real interesting event to attend a real fun day i watched a little bit they had kind of like the um like a lego build 
challenge going on. I can't remember the name of the um, the that that was kind of under it was under some sort of brand. I think they do it at a lot of different events. That was all right, but it wasn't the kind of it wasn't the kind of event where you're you're really going to stand around and watch anything long term. So um, I think the the placement of those competing builders was a little odd because it, it it wasn't conducive to being able to actually watch them. So I kind of found myself doing the loop and going around and then coming back and, you know, seeing how they were getting on for a minute or two and then doing the loop again. So yeah, but otherwise, what a great show, really good way of spending an afternoon. I resisted the temptation to splash a lot of cash on some of the retired sets that were on sale there. They had little stores with uh, with newer sets as well, um, lots of uh, minifigures on sale, lots of kind of um, like just bagged up or boxed up collections of, of bricks. But yeah, I, I managed to not spend any money, which I'm quite um, impressed with myself over. But yeah, I was kind of blown away by by how busy it was um, in a, in a big big venue so i do have a highlights video over on tiktok if you want to head over and find me on there at brick magnate uh, you can check out the little highlights video from bricktastic see some of my favorite sets and see for yourself just how how busy the place was it was a surprise i'm not sure if i'll go next year again it's running in manchester in february 2024 mainly because i'm not sure how much is going to be different like how much do they change from year to year? I'm sure they do. Um, so I, I think it's one of those if I'm in the area or if there's other stuff going on. So, you know, last time I managed to tie it in with a um, with a football match and with a trip to the theatre and catching up with friends. Um, so, you know, if there's a lot going on, then I'll, I'll maybe check it out. But it's not one that I'd make the trip specifically to attend again. But if it's convenient enough i'll definitely be popping in and if you've not been to it before and you are in the uk and you can get to manchester um then check that out it's called bricktastic i believe it's at bricktastic.org um check it out tickets are cheap and it's a fun event to go to so um i'm not going to review any particular sets in this episode this is more just about kind of getting back to bricking um, and to talk about bricktastic and pick up where i left off on that front i will give a little shout out to uh, to a little snacky set uh, i don't know I, I don't know what do you guys call those like small builds those one evening or those two or three hour long builds like those of you who who are obsessed with lego who do like you know the ones that'll span over a week or two thousands and thousands of pieces like those are those are the builds those are the lego sets do you have a name for those little quick builds i call them snacky sets because i'm a child um <laughs> literally gone snacky sets um so yeah the ones that are like less than a thousand pieces they're maybe 50 60 pounds or 60 bucks or what have you and they're usually very quick built uh yeah i do like i'll kind of use these as palette cleansers between the bigger builds and so my favorite snacky set uh, that i built recently is the recently released piranha plant from the mario brothers um video game series big big gamer big big nerd and huge mario fan mario was my thing growing up the very first console game i ever played 
Super Mario Brothers 1 um, on the NES. Obviously played through 1, 2, and 3 on the NES and then on to Mario World and all of that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving that they're seeming to do more with that Mario brand. I've not really been a big fan of those play sets that they've created. I think it's a cool idea, but I've not bought a single one, and I'm a huge, huge Mario Brothers fan, um, but they just don't appeal to me. But anytime they do something a little... Uh, a little more standalone, something that's not a playset. I buy it. Like I, I did, um, I think it was episode two or three, where I talked about Lego Bowser. It's still one of my favorite builds, still one of my favorite um, end result sets. Um, the the N64 question mark, um, the question mark block set that they did, which has the little mini worlds from, from Super Mario World or Super Mario 64. Um, Again, that I snapped that up and built that. So anytime they do something outside of those play sets with the Mario brand, I'll always buy it. And yeah, the Piranha Plant, very quick build. It's 540 pieces. It was um, $60 or 58 pounds. So yeah, us Brits kind of got screwed on the, the pricing there. And it was a very quick build. I think it took me 45 minutes or so. But I just love the end result. It's such a, an iconic thing from the Mario series. So I really, really hope they do more like this. I'd love to see, you know, the star and the flower power-ups. I'd love to see the Babam. I'd love to see Goombas. Um, all of these things are kind of ripe for creating a Lego set. I don't know a single kind of 80s kid who's into Lego and who was into gaming who wouldn't snap up a Lego Babam or a Lego Goomba or something like that. And obviously the Lego Mario's and Lego Luigi's, um, maybe they yeah they're they're probably going to be a bit more of a stretch to do those justice. But I do hope the Piranha Plant is the start of them branching out a little bit with the Mario sets. Uh, I'm not sure how well the the play sets do. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see a lot of like the the Lego builders that I follow on social. I don't see them talking about those a lot. Um, they're presumably not the right target market and maybe I'm not either, but I'm a Mario nerd. So of course I'm the target market for something with that brand. So I do hope they're going to do more. And yeah, I just love the little piranha plant. It's a great size. I love the fact as well, like Lego have been doing a lot more with kind of with flowers and with, um, I think they've got the botanic series and stuff like that. Am I thinking that right? Yeah. Um, so they've got all like so many flower arrangements and all these cool things for flowers. I just like the idea that just randomly in the middle of these flower sets and, and floral arrangements and all of that, you just got this piranha plant. Um, yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. Um, so yeah, so that that's kind of been a little a little highlight. It was a really, really quick build though. Very, very quick build. Um, and it kind of doubles up as a as a, a money box. Like it doesn't. Like no one would ever use it as a money box, I don't think. Um, but, you know, they've obviously tried to do something there, um, which is cool. So, yeah, lots of great stuff coming up. Um, at the time of recording, we're a few weeks away from both the Avengers Tower, that massive Avengers Tower that they're bringing out. Um, that's going to be released, I think, at the end of November. Um, we're maybe a week or two away from it at the time of recording. Um, and the Natural History Museum. Uh, I was surprised by that one, and I'm intrigued by that one. And, um, yeah, I'm going to be snapping that up as well. 
I've been to the Natural History Museum in in um, New York. I think that's what it's modelled after, anyway. Um, so you know, it's quite a cool thing to have. But more than that, I think it's a really cool addition to um, the little Lego city that I'm kind of trying and failing to build. Uh, I don't have the right space for it, um, and yeah, what I've done with it so far has not quite worked. But, you know, I persevere and I continue to use it as an excuse to get sets like the Natural History Museum. So they're both coming out uh, in the next month or two before Christmas. I also just ordered two retired sets, both of which I really hated that I'd missed out on when they were available. So I've ordered the Lego BB-8, um, which... Yeah, it's just been one of those. I think that I think that retired just before I properly got on or got back onto the Lego bandwagon. Um, and I've kind of I've had my finger hover over the the buy button anytime uh, it's it's come up on Amazon um, on the secondary market or anytime I've seen it on um, eBay being sold for new. So I finally caved. Um, I've also ordered the uh, the Stranger Things upside down set. Uh, just because, again, it's one of those I loved, loved, loved the look of it when it was originally available. But this was before I got deep into the Lego obsession. And price point-wise, um, kind of display-wise as well, again, this was before I'd kind of carved out <laughs> multiple zones in my house just dedicated to Lego. So the sets that I was building at the time um for display it was kind of like okay i'm going to put this one piece in this one place so again it was one of those there were, there were just a few things to uh, that enabled me to talk myself out of it but i've regretted it ever since because i really 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 love that set and i really want it um so yeah i've, I've ordered retired sets which i feel i feel is kind of like a next level of going down that rabbit hole i think the next level up from this is ordering custom build sets, which I am very tempted to do. I'll talk about that in a sec. Um, but yeah, I talked back, I think it was in episode five, uh, about how the uh, 1989 Batmobile set was my first ever retired set purchase. And I love that. That's still, still right up there as possibly my favorite build, my favorite piece of Lego that I own. Um, but I didn't think I'd be making another purchase of another retired set because generally you're looking at paying at least double what the good sets originally retailed for. And for the very good ones, the much older ones, ones where Lego doesn't have that license at all anymore, um, you're looking at paying a lot, lot more. You know, Lego might release another Batmobile in the future, um, like another 1989 large-scale Batmobile. Uh, so I think the pricing around those is always kind of taking into account that maybe they'll they'll just come out with another one sometime. I think that's why things like the Star Wars Death Star are not as exorbitantly priced as you might think, um, whereas things like the Lord of the Rings sets um, were and are, but I think they've got that license back. So, yeah, anyway, I'm rambling now, but um, I just had to have these. I really did. Um, they're, they're the sets that have been playing on my mind. Um, and I can't think of any others right now that I would buy. I mentioned the Death Star. Um, I just don't like the end result. I don't like that it's all open and exposed. There's something about 
how it looks when it's finished in all the photos, that just doesn't appeal to me. Uh, so, you know, a, a, a good friend of mine has the Death Star and um, moved from the other end of, of the world, moved over from the Philippines to the UK and had to kind of dismantle the Death Star. And it's kind of been in a, in a box waiting to be pieced back together. And so, you know, keep talking about me going down to visit to help him rebuild this. So that that's that'll be my catharsis. I think that'll be getting the Death Star at my system. I just don't know whether because I'm someone who just displays them. I don't play with them. I don't have kids to play with them. Um, then yeah, it, I, I don't know. But yeah, I grabbed um, I grabbed those sets from a site called RetiredSets.co.uk. It's not a plug. I'm not endorsed by them. Um, that's just who I got them from. It's rare to find um, good aftermarket retailers i think in the uk most of them are us based or certainly my experience so yeah they've got a real good selection and i'll i say that i've not got any in mind that i'll go back for but i probably will um <laughs> now i've reached this level of lego addiction and talking about that next potential level of buying a custom set there's a website called brickerbuilds.com. I know there's a bunch of other sites where you can buy custom sets, but these do the instructions and um, send you the, the all the pieces as well, which a lot of the other sites don't do. Uh, and yeah, again, this isn't an endorsement, but I'm very, very tempted. Uh, I got hit with their Instagram ads. Man, they've got some amazing builds. They've got life-size versions of Mario and Luigi, like, and they're retailing for over a thousand dollars each. I don't think I'm in a place where I can justify that, mainly because I don't know where I would put them. I've got a lot of space in the house, but having a life-size Mario isn't about having space. It's it's just about like like where does he live? But yeah, but they've got um, some really great smaller Mario Brothers series. Again, the ones that I talked about before, things like the Bomb and the Flower Power and stuff like that, like they've got those. They've got the life-size Pokemon. They've got lightsabers as well, like um, to scale lightsaber sets. Um, again, the Lego did kind of like a gift with purchase for, I think it was the At-At, which I don't like. I don't like the At-At set. Um, where if you bought that, you you got a little model of Luke's lightsaber hilt. And I almost bought the Atat just to get that hilt. Uh, but you can't buy it anywhere else other than on the secondary market for hundreds of, uh, of dollars. But you can get a custom build full lightsaber with a Lego blade and everything. Um, for Luke, for Darth, for, uh, for Darth Maul, for, um, I think, Ahsoka Tano, for the um, the... The Dark Saber, I think they've got the Dark Saber on there. So yeah. Ah, that might be my next the next depths of obsession that I go to the custom sets from brickerbuilds.com. Again, not an endorsement. They just they just have some very geeky, very awesome um Lego sets. Uh so yeah, so that's kind of what um where I'm at in my Lego building obsession uh, we've got some great build reviews coming up again from next episode on we're going to get back to reviewing a set per episode um so in the upcoming episodes i'm going to be talking about the huge gringotts set which is the latest harry potter set um i'll be reviewing the razor crest set from mandalorian which i 
swore blind on a previous episode. I was never going to buy. I wasn't interested. Yeah, I caved. And so I'm going to be talking about that and reviewing that in a future episode. Also going to have an episode where I think I'm going to um, bundle up a few shorter reviews about some of the modular buildings that I've added to my fledgling Lego city, like the police station, the boutique hotel, and the A-frame cabin. I've got the... Um, the town square or assembly square, I think they call it. And I'm working right now on the bookshop. So again, I think they're, they're also thematically similar and all very similar in terms of um, build experience and the quality of the end result that I'm, I'm going to group those together. I don't think they need separate episodes. Um, maybe I do a two part on my Lego city. So I'll be talking about those. Oh, I've got the Batcave shadow box set to review. That was a very interesting build. Um, yeah, very, very interesting build, interesting set altogether. I don't, I don't recall Lego doing anything like that shadow box they did with the Batcave. So I'm going to do a whole episode on that and just a whole bunch more brick-based buffoonery coming in the weeks and months. But it all kicks off again next week when I'm reviewing the Pac-Man arcade set, which, as a spoiler, is definitely one of my favourites in recent months. So lots and lots to look forward to on the Brick Magnate podcast. If you head over to brickmagnate.com, then you can get all the past episodes and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any future episodes if you want to see um photos and uh walkthrough videos so little preview videos or, or review videos of the sets that i talk about on the show and more then check me out on instagram and on tiktok at brick magnate that's brick m-a-g-n-a-t-e um, I'm at Brick Magnate on TikTok and Instagram. Follow me on there. You'll be able to see everything that I'm working on and also those uh, little closer look videos that I record for all of my sets. Uh, but for now, I'm going to wrap things up. It's good to be back on the brick building bandwagon and I look forward to you joining me again next week when I'll be talking about the Lego Pac-Man arcade set. I'll see you then. <laughs>